a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. Episode 5, that's right, we made it to episode 5, people. We haven't been canceled, we're still going strong, and we're going to start putting more of these suckers out per week. I've been doing one per week, been busy trying to do my own stuff over at KieferInkTesting.com and putting these go, putting these guys up on uh, PulpMX.com and KieferTested on iTunes, um, but we're going to work on getting some more of these up during the week. I have got... So many positive responses from you guys out there. I appreciate you guys listening, and I will continue to do these suckers and give you all the feedback that you guys want. And if there's any other questions that you guys have out there, or if you guys have any ideas um, for upcoming podcasts, please shoot me an email at chris at kieferinktesting.com, and maybe we'll do it. You know, I've gotten a few that were pretty good ideas. So I'm going to incorporate those on upcoming podcasts, and uh, we will uh, continue to get more of these suckers out there for you. But we couldn't do it without the guys at Rocky Mountain ATVMC. Um, Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. With low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping, you know where I'm going with this. Free is a good price. Free, especially if you're living back east. Come on, people. It's free. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for the power sport enthusiast. So today on the show, we're going to talk about things that I have used um, over the course of, you know, maybe several months to a couple years that I think are great parts that I would go spend my money on. Um, that I think that you guys would enjoy out there. Um, yeah, you guys are saying, oh, Kiefer doesn't pay for crap. Kiefer doesn't pay for these parts. You know what? I don't. They send them to me to test. I'm giving you guys the feedback to tell you if they're good or not. And in this podcast, I'm going to run down several parts that I have used in the past year or so that I really like. And it could be on any bike. Um, I have used most of these parts on more than one type of motorcycle, so I know they work. And also, we're going to touch a little bit on some gear, um, some 2017 gear combos that I thought really worked well um, for performance, comfort, durability, goggles. I'm not going to get in too much um, with boots. I'm going to have a boot shootout coming up that I will be posting up on keyforinktesting.com and we'll be doing a podcast on so you guys will get to know every single type of boot that there is out there because I'm a big boot stickler. Um, I'm really picky when it comes to boots and helmets for that matter, but helmet shootout, it's so crazy. I mean, it's hard to do that because it just goes off of what type of head you have and there's all different types and comfort and, you know, I can't really crash test those suckers, so that's difficult to do, but... I'll continue to get you more information on 
um, different types of helmets and things. But for today's show, we're going to talk about some hard parts. And I'm sure you've heard some of this stuff on Pulp MX show or even when I was at Dirt Rider things that I really like to use. Starting it off, you guys know about this. Works Connection. Uh, I went over there when I raced the Loretlin qualifier at Hangtown. Went and visited the offices and went back to the warehouse and just met those dudes and what they're all about. And I've been using Works Connection stuff since I was, man. My dad used to buy me Works Connection stuff when I was on 85s and 125 beginners. And just, they've been around for a long time and they make great parts. And one of the first things I do when I get uh, a new bike or any type of bike here at the house, I go get uh, an Elite Clutch Perch with the lever. Um, I'm usually pretty good with stock OEM lever shapes, but I'm not too cool with some of these other guys out there with the lever shapes that they have. Some are too thin. Um, most of them are not fat. They're most all really thin and they kind of sharp. They don't fit your finger good. Uh, but the guys at Work Connection really have that lever shape down to where it's more square and rounder. So the shape is really nice on either finger. I'm more of an index finger kind of guy, um, not a middle finger middle, middle finger rider. I know uh, some of you guys out there are. I know my son is. I freaked out when I saw a picture of him using his middle finger. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe he's using his middle finger, which is super hard for me to do. Um, and I get emails about, hey, my clutch lever pull is super hard. What do I do? And I know back in the day they make these easy clutch pulls, but I don't know who made those, but they never really worked. But Works Connection, man, they make this bitchin' elite clutch perch lever. And the whole system, the adjuster, is really easy to use. And it makes your clutch pull buttery smooth. Um, the action of the pull is smoother. I don't know if it makes your clutch pull any easier. It just feels smoother when you pull it in with um, the Elite Clutch Perch and the lever. Um, do I know the science behind all that? No. I just know what it feels like, and I know every time I put one on, it feels really good and just feels buttery smooth. So those are the, one of the things that I really like. Um, I put that on. You can go to worstconnection.com and, and find those. And you can. what's cool is you can color match them. They have this one, two, three um, ordering system where... You pick a lever, color of your lever, um, the adjuster, and the body of the of the perch. So you can, you know, mix and match colors. You can match your bike to the perch. There's all kinds of cool stuff they have over there. So um, Elite Clutch Perch, one of the things that I love, I put on the bikes. Um, going to handlebars, um, there's some stock bends that I like. I do like the Yamaha stock bend. And that's what I try to mimic when I go to all different types of bikes. That bend that Yamaha has is a great bend for a, a wide range of riders. I've had guys from 5.6 to 6.2 ride that bar, and they really like it. Um, I've grown accustomed to using that thing, so um, I try to find a bend that is in that area. And I will get you guys that information if you hit me up. Um, I'll get you guys the bend information, but I know the height is around 89 mil. The rise, I would have to say, I'd have to get back with you guys on that and find out, but it's a pretty neutral bend. It's a flatter bar. It doesn't have a lot of sweep. I like that. Uh, but the bar I choose 
and I'm going to give you guys two options here is a pro taper bar. Um, I've used all different types of bars, guys, and rigidity is a huge thing. If you're not on a 7th, 8th bar, um, and you're going to a 1 and 1 8 bar, you're going to have increased rigidity. So I've tried oversized bars, and pro taper seems to have it down where I get the most flex. Um, I've tried Renthal's, I've tried all different types, and the Pro Taper Evo bar, if you're not running a crossbar, is the most, has the most flex out of all the bars there is. Um, if you guys are a crossbar type of guy, I know some bikes I do like a crossbar. Um, most bikes I'm going crossbar-less. Um, but for example, like a Honda, it comes with the crossbar, right? So you kind of get used to having one of those. Um, the fusion bar, which you can unlock and lock, is pretty cool. Um, I thought it was kind of gimmicky at first, and then I went and tested that sucker, and it does work, So, and it does flex. I have tried other bars, like I said, with the crossbar oversized. It's so stiff, man. It's unreal what you can feel on the track when you swap bars back and forth, and I've done that many times. So the Pro Taper Fusion Bar, for you guys that like crossbars, look into those. And for those of you that don't like a crossbar, um, look into the Evo bar. Those two bars are really good for um, getting comfort on the track when the track gets hard and square edgy. Um, you want some, some flex, you can go to those. Um, now, I know I preach on the track that you have to uh, match your gear. But when it comes to handlebars and grips, I mix-match my stuff, guys. So, so don't hate on me too much. Um, tried so many grips. I've had grip shootouts. I've had piles and piles of grips. But for my hands, I've always used Renthal half waffle medium or soft grips. I go back and forth between soft and medium, but mostly stick with medium because I have you know pretty good calluses on my hands. I have good buildups. I don't get blisters that much. Um, but that seems to fit my hand well, and I'm a size large in a glove. And when I did this grip shootout, um, that was probably, I would say, out of the 10 riders that I had, uh, seven of them chose this rental grip. Um, we've had pillow tops, we've had um, ODI grips and all these other things, but just the old school rental half waffle, medium and soft are really good. Sometimes soft is too soft and and cushy on my hands, which moves my skin around in my palm, which can cause me to have blisters. So that's why I go with a little bit firmer of a compound to where it's it doesn't move in my palm as much. And you got to make sure you guys have the right fitting glove. But uh, the medium is a good all-around um, um, grip that I use and that I love. And they last a long time. The softs don't last as long, but the mediums do. And uh, those the, that's the way I go. To touch a little bit on the ODI lock-ons, I'm not a fan, okay? And the reason why is you're having this piece going onto your handlebar that's already, you know, on glued on to your grip. So you're just adding rigidity to the ends of your handlebars when you have these lock-ons. I know it's super easy to use, and I like that concept. But even when I'm on like the KTM Factory Edition, they have those lock-on ODIs. And I, man, I'm telling you, I never have problems with my hands and wrists hurting. But with those things, I just feel like my wrists are getting beat up 
having that extra rigidity from those tubes on the end of the handlebar. So if you think about it, you're just you know, sticking glue on the bar and putting these grips on with the Renthal stuff, but then when you add the ODI lock-ons, you have a whole nother piece added to the grip that you stick on, which is adding rigidity to the end of the bars. So just from my personal experience, I don't really like lock-on grips for the rigidity value, but um, it is cool for the simplicity of it. But, you know, get some super glue, put those suckers on, you're fine. But you better hurry up. Don't have your don't have your wife sit there and talk to you with super glue in your hand and then trying to put it on. Your grip gets halfway on, it's done. So for you guys out there wondering what you use for grip glue, um, I just use super glue. Um, there's so many, you know, ways out there you can do it. I've heard all different kinds of things like using Maxima spray or using gas or using all different kinds of things, but I just get some super glue, crazy glue at Walmart, whatever, um, and hurry up and get that grip on. You just got to be careful because if you're not in a hurry, you'll, you'll weld that grip halfway on and you have to cut your grip off. So moving on, um, I talked about clutches here in my Yamaha podcast and did some stuff with Honda and, and I'm really a fan of the Hinson products. I've been using that guy's stuff for Ron and the guys there for, I don't know, a few years now. And I've had nothing but good luck with that stuff. The life of my clutch plates have improved every time I've gone to their baskets and their whole clutch kits. Um, the max I could get out of some, some stock clutches that were good was about 10 hours. Um, but now I can get up towards, you know, 15 to 20 hours on my clutches which is impressive. Um, obviously that goes hand in hand with the oil that you use as well, but just the life of the basket itself, um, the quality of the parts that are made are really good. And I'm just a fan of the Hinson product myself. Um, you put it on, it's, you know, you put the clutch in and you go ride. I do feel a little bit of an engagement feeling that's different, but it's not a bad feeling. And just the overall um, slipping, um, fading, it's not as much as the stock stuff. So um, clutch life is important to me. So those are one of the things that I would buy would be a Henson clutch kit. Um, moving on to tires. This is a big debate all the time. I know DV is a stickler with tire pressure, and he's crazy about that shit. But um, there's only two sets of tires that I have tried in the past, I don't know, two years um, that I like. And of course, you guys know that I help Michelin design, not design, I help Michelin test the Starcross soft and medium compounds, and I was blown away. Um, you know, of course, to keep you guys up to speed, I'm fully transparent. You know, they did pay me to do some of their testing, um, but they don't pay me to endorse their products. I could test their stuff and could have told them that it was crap, and at one time, there is some things that I didn't like, and I told them that. Um, but they came back with a great tire. I wasn't a fan of their old MH, MH stuff. And uh, the new Starcross Soft is my favorite line from them. Um, people come back, hey, Kiefer, my sides of my knobs have been chunking and tearing off. And that does happen with soft compound tires. You're getting a great grip, and you're getting a great feel on the track. So if you guys are riding harder type of ground, that soft compound is not going to last you as long. You can go to the Michelin Medium, um, Starcross 5 Medium, and that will help you in 
more harder packed terrain and have the tire last as long. To me, I don't get as much lean angle grip with the Starcross Medium as I do with the Starcross Soft. Um, so it just depends on where you guys are riding. If you guys don't ride too too much of hard pack, soft is good. That's what usually I go here in Southern California. You know, and the harder, the hardest track I ride is obviously you know Glen Helen. Glen Helen gets baked right in the evenings and in the afternoons. So, and that works pretty good. Um, I can put up to maybe almost ten hours on a bike per week, and the Starcross hasn't chunked on me in those 10 hours so those are hard 10 hours folks and i haven't had any side knobs rip off so it just depends on where you're going and make sure you run 13.5 psi in those suckers because they are a soft carcass and you will roll your tire if you use the normal 12 pounds so make sure you run a higher pressure and if you still feel a little roll in your tire um try to run 14 and if you guys aren't aware of what roll is on the tire you guys are entering a corner and you start to feel your tire just push a little bit and it almost feels like you have a pushing sensa sensation, like your bike's pushing, like your front end's pushing. But what's, what's going on is your tire's rolling on the side and then it's causing you to push out wide. So be aware of that feeling and if you do feel that, go up in pressure. Obviously the next, it's a standard tire for most testing that I've done is a Dunlop MX3S. They did a great job on that tire. I know I tested that tire back-to-back -back with the Michelin several times when I was testing with Michelin, and it's tough to beat. Um, the Dunlop MX3S um, is a great all-around tire. I mean, same thing. I go to hard pack with it, and that's what I stick with is that 3S. I do not like the Dunlop um, 52. Um, I don't think Dunlop has a great intermediate to hard pack tire um, but they do have this MX3S that is great on a wide range of terrain so that's what I stick with and comparing the two because I get that question asked a lot too is what's the difference between the two to me I do like the rear tire a little bit better on the Dunlop for forward bike coming out of corners accelerating I think the 3S hooks up a little bit better um, However, on lean angle um, traction with the front tire, I think the Starcross Soft is a little bit better in that area. Um, you start your lean coming into a corner and it just seems like it bites really well. And I like that feeling. And also I like the Michelin Carcass better than the Dunlop. When the track gets hard packed and square edgy, the carcass of the Michelin is more forgiving and soft um, versus the Dunlop where it's a little bit harder. I can run 13 PSI in the Dunlop and that seems to be a happy setting that I don't get a lot of roll. So uh, the Dunlop is a, is a great all-around tire, so is the Michelin. Um, if you're asking me which one am I going to buy right away um, if I was going up to a, a store, and I do that actually, actually a lot. If there's one thing I do buy more than anything else is tires, um, I go buy a Dunlop MX3S tire. Um, that would be my number one go-to, but right behind that would be a Michelin Starcross Soft. And I mix it up from time to time. I know I just raced a, a Loretta Qualifier, Loretta Qualifier, sorry, and um, I used the Michelin Starcross Soft, and it was bitching. Got a lot of hole shots, and uh, tire held up well. 
and I don't get a lot of flats considering the carcass is soft. So those are my two tires that I like the best. Um, going with the wheel theme, I'm not a big mechanic as you guys know, but dude, if you guys are out there tightening your spokes and doing that stuff and you want to make it right, there's nothing else better out there than the Fast Company um, Torque Spoke Wrench. That thing's badass. You order it, it's a little pricey. You can go to fastco.com, order it. They give you um, the spoke wrench, and you can adjust. I think they adjust it before um, it gets shipped out to you to where you tell them what bike you have, and that way you know where to tor torque your spokes, and they preset it so that way it's already set. You get you get that sucker, you put it on your you know your spoke, your nipples, and blah, blah. It has a little click. You go around your tire every third spoke, blah, 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 blah. Dude, it's easy. There's no guessing. There's no nothing. It's just quick, easy. I'm all about quick and easy if it works. And this thing works. so uh, And it feels good in your hand. It's a little thicker. Easy. I know where you're going with that. Just calm down. We're talking about spoke wrenches. <laughs> but uh, Fast Company Torque Spoke Wrench is a cool tool to have for your wheels. I use it all the time. Um, chains is a big deal to me, man. I've had a couple chains break in the air and I've had some bad crashes on some crappy chains um, so if I'm putting a chain on my bike and it's non o-ring I go to a DID 520 ERT2 gold chain um, I, I, didn't, I know no one there at DID I know zero but I go buy these suckers at Chaparral or I even go shoot I even ordered some on Rocky Mountain ATV MC and uh, just to have some in my garage um, so, if you're going to go buy a chain and you want it to work and you don't want it to break, you don't want you don't want that in the back of your head. Trust me, I've dealt with that. DID 520 ERT2 Gold is a good way to go. Um, if you're not running pump gas, people, and you got a stock motor, um, VP T4E, it's coming out soon. You should see it anytime. Um, it's the second generation of VP's T4. I have used the T4 and the T4E most recently, and there is a very noticeable gain in bottom end and throttle response, and even a little bit of pulling power in the mid-range with the T4E. The best thing about this stuff, it's straight pour in, it's a straight replacement fuel for super unleaded gas. Um, in California, I've had bad batches of fuel where it's just shit and I go ride and I get a lot more diesel pop than I normally do and I'm like what the hell's wrong well it's the fuel so if you are taking the time and you're spending the money out there to get some fuel VP T4E is a great fuel that's coming out so you should see it soon I don't know if it's on their website yet but you can check out uh, VPRacingFuels.com and see if it's up there and you can read more about it um, Going off the smell, the smell is a little bit different than the VPT4, um, but just the improvement in power and the simple fact that you will not have to remap your ignition or anything, it's just a straight pour-in, um, is great. And you get the benefit of uh, a better running bike. Um, I'm all in. I know the price of the fuel is around the same, it will be the same, as the T4, so uh, you guys can look, th look for that here soon. Um... Air filters, um, I hate cleaning them, but it's something we have to do. 
unless you're on the throwaway program, which I'm not. Um, those throwaway filters aren't the best filters, so um, I go with the Twin Air filter. But also, Twin Air has this Power Flow kit that is a billet aluminum cage and the filter itself. So all you guys out there that have the plastic air filter cage and the screen, honestly, guys, I've never seen a bike catch fire because it backfired and just burned to the ground. That screen, I know, is there for to keep the manufacturer safe and from getting sued, you know, if anything goes wrong. Um, but, man... Usually, A, I take that screen out, or I just go get this Twin Air Power Flow kit. It's bitching. The filter's awesome. I'm a big guy. When I wash my filters, I wash them with gas first. I know a lot of you guys don't do that, but that's what I do. Pour a little bit of gas in a bucket, get that oil you know, out of there, and then I go to soap and water, rinse it, let it dry. That's how I do it. Stock filters don't like gas, so... This twin air filter that I use, I can dip it in, you know, gas, wring it out, and it doesn't tear. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I've never had any filter-related problems with twin air. And also, if you're on a Yamaha, they have really cool power flow kits that actually help um, the power of the motorcycle, where you can add more volume to your airbox. So you can look into that. Um, not to be outdone. You know, I hate air forks, except for KTM's air fork. That's pretty good. Um, Racetech spring conversion kit. We talk about this on the Pulp Show a lot. I'm telling you, you guys out there that have Kawasaki kicks, 450s, I'm telling you right now, this Racetech spring conversion thing is awesome. You need to get that on your bike. Um, it, 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 makes the, it makes the Kawasaki a completely different bike. Like... I'm not a huge fan of that bike stock, mostly because of the fork. The frame's pretty good. The motor's, you know, it's pretty good. It doesn't turn the best, but I'm telling you, it turns a lot better. Once you get this Racetech spring conversion kit on, you have so much more front-end traction, and you could charge into bumps, and it doesn't deflect. It doesn't change over time. You ride all day. It, it feels the same throughout the, the whole day you ride. Um, it just brings you back to the old school days when everything was spring fork. So you put this, you drop this Racetech spring conversion kit in, and it's a drop-in replacement. You take your old cartridges out, you drop these new ones in, boom, done. That's what you need. Front-end traction. I'm a front-end steering guy. We've talked about this. And if you guys are out there, are as well, this is a huge improvement in your Cowies. I know they got them for PSF2 forks now. And so old school Honda guys, same thing. Not a lot of good feel on that front end, okay? So take those piece of crap fork internals out, drop this Racetech spring conversion in, you'll be happy. Trust me. I've done it. I've rode with many types. Um, and this seems to be the better ones out of all the ones that are available. Um, smaller things that I do like, um, this might seem minuscule to you guys, but... Dude, tie-downs are important, man. You know how you have your good tie-downs, you let your guys, your homies borrow them, and you never fucking get them back? Well, yeah. Ankara tie-downs. I never get them back. Hey, bro, can I buy your tie-downs? Hell no. Tell them to suck it. Tell them do not buy your tie-downs, because if you have a set of Ankara tie-downs, they're like gold. Keep those son bitches, because those are great tie-downs. It's old school. I had some Ankara since 1999. I still got them. Why? 
because I've learned my lesson. Don't let your bros borrow your tie downs. I've kept these one, this one set of Ancras, still good. No problems. They lock, they pull down, they haven't seized up. They're great. Ancra tie downs, I'm sure Rocky Mountain ATV MC has some. Whatever your local dealer, go to those guys. Ancra tie downs. And you'll probably be able to give those to your grandson when you get older. They're, they're still going to be good. Don't let your homies buy your tie downs. You'll never see them again. It's like your wife. Keep her around. Don't let her go too far. I don't care. Anchor tie downs, your wife, same thing. They're like gold. Keep them. All right. Gear. Uh, this is, this is a, a tough thing, you know, and I ride all different types of gear. Um, I'm best dressed, team best dressed. If you're lit kit, just go ahead and fast forward this whole thing, all right? Just go talk to Adam. You guys can discuss lit kits and shit. But to me, the 2017 gear, there's four sets of gear that I love personally that I would go buy. And I have ridden in almost every type set of gear out there right now. The four sets are, drum roll, I'm waiting for you guys to do it. Um, fly, light hydrogen, love it, great. Athletic fit, tighter to the skin, but stretchy, okay? And just wait till you guys see the 2018 fly stuff. It's it's even better. But the fly light hydrogen stuff, I love. It fits well. Um, it's true to size. It's probably maybe a little bit big. So if you guys are a 34 out there, you will have to cinch it down some because it's so stretchy. Um, but that's a good thing. It might pull down a little bit. Um, if you guys have gripper seats, your jersey might come untucked and go full JA on you. But... Um, just wait till you see 2018 stuff. You're going to like it. Um, but for me, comfort-wise, fly light hydrogen gear is really good. Um, it's pretty durable as well. I've had a few stitches come undone in my jersey, but as far as pant durability and everything, very good. Another good durable set of gear that I have rode the crap out of is the Fox 360 gear. Love it. When you put on a pair of Fox pants, you're just like, oh, man. There's, re there's a reason why... These old Supercross guys, um, when they retire and they have to get their own gear, um, they mostly go back to Fox. Fox has really comfortable stuff. Um, so the Fox 360 gear is durable. It fits well. Um, I've had no issues with the jersey, with the pant, even the gloves. I really like um, the 360 glove. It's a little bit of a more padding glove, but it still has a lot of flex in it, so the Fox 360 stuff's really good. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of people trying new things and coming to our market and trying to succeed. The FXR guys, I know Andy White and Carson over there, they're great guys, and I've actually helped them develop some of their stuff um, lately, and that's come a long way. So the FXR Revo stuff is really good. It's similar to the fly light hydrogen where it's more athletic cut, um, tighter, but super stretchy and light. And it, it's really good. Um, I know that you guys think, oh, Kiefer's helping him so that he's going to like him. But honestly, I give those guys a ton of crap when they come up with stuff. And I, I tell them the truth, like, hey, this is not going to work. The new stuff they have out is pretty good. And you can see a lot of guys wearing it right now. 
and it looks really nice. The colorways they have for 2018 are cool, and even the 17, the white and blue is some of my favorite stuff. It's just super clean. It goes with a lot of stuff, um, and it's comfortable. I think the FXR jersey, the Revo jersey, is maybe a little bit more comfortable than the light hydrogen, just for the simple fact of the, the material that it is. It's real light and soft on your skin, and I like that a lot. And lastly is the Thor Prime Fit gear. Another tight-fitting gear. I know you bigger guys are hating on this, but I'm telling you, even if you're size 38, they got that size, and it doesn't look bad. Don't worry about fat rolls coming over your pant, or if you're riding, you're going to look so emo, or you're going to be like, oh, it's just 20-year-old gear. You know, for 20-year-olds, no. I'm telling you guys right now, the Thor Prime Fit is super comfortable. The, the pant itself is a little bit baggier than most of the athletic cut that's out there right now. So there's plenty of room for your knee. And the leather on your knee is really big. So you have a lot of room for um, if your knee brace rubs, you know, the knee area, there's a lot of access room so that you don't get that hole. I know I've had CTIs or asterisks that rub that hole inside your pant. I've never had that happen on the Prime Fit because that leather area is so big. So the jersey is probably one of the more tighter fitting jerseys in this athletic um, cut department, but it's stretchy and it's super lightweight and comfortable and I love it. It's one of the better sets of gear that I have worn over the summertime and it looks cool. I haven't seen the 2018 stuff, um, 18 stuff yet. But the 17 stuff, man, is uh, very bright, and I like the colorways. So those four sets of gear, Fly Light Hydrogen, Fox 360, the FXR Revo, and the Thor Prime Fit, those are the four sets that I back in 2017. Um, I've worn those sets so many hours. They're good. They're durable. They're worth the price. So check those out. I know Mathis is going to hate on this, but I'm telling you guys, and, and it's expensive, the Oakley Airbrake goggles. Uh, when I saw the price of this goggle, I was like, holy shit, I would never pay that much for a goggle. I wore it one time, and now I'm screwed. Um, I don't get Oakley goggles for free. Um, I've paid for goggles. Yeah. I've broken down and paid, what, 150 bucks for a pair of goggles. For the simple fact of the lens on those things and I'm not talking about the prism lens I'm just talking a regular clear lens it just so much clarity in those lenses and I don't know why I, you know I don't go find factual information why this is like this I just use it and if it's better or if it's worse I know for a fact personally because I've used it and the air brakes are really good I mean the peripheral vision that I get on those things are insane. Like, I can see so much out of that lens that um, when I put regular goggles on, like regular size lens and regular size, you know, frame goggles, um, I feel like I'm constricted. Like, oh my gosh, I can't see as far. So I'm kind of spoiled in the fact with these larger frames. Even the Scott Prospect, they're a larger frame, and that's really good peripheral. I think most of these goggle companies are going to start going these larger framed uh goggles just for the simple fact of peripheral vision and as a rider you want that because you can see stuff out of your corner of your eye that you normally can't see when you're on a regular size frame goggle 
So Oakley Airbrake is an insane goggle. I love it. It's too expensive. I'm with you guys. Like, it's tough. But if you can find some airbrakes for sale, um, I'd recommend it. The foam is really good. Um, I'm not a huge sweater, um, but it's been really hot here in California lately, and I have been sweating more um, than I have in the last six or seven months, and it soaks up sweat really good. Um, you guys can go to that Maxi Pad Life if you want to. Um, I personally don't. Um, I've tried it. I don't really like that feeling, so I just stick with the stock foam, and uh, the Oakley Airbrake uh, does it for me. Um, speaking of boots, um, I'm going to do a boot shootout, so you guys stay tuned for that. That should be coming up soon. I'm going to go uh, all throughout the whole board. I'm going to go expensive boots, so I'm not going midline boots. I'm going to go top-of-the-line boots, Tech 10, SG-12, CD Crossfire 3, Fox Instinct, I'm going to do all those and get back to you on that because uh, I've been riding with a lot of those lately, so we'll get back and do another podcast with that. But hey, these are just things that I like to use, guys. I'm not saying that uh, this is the end-all, be-all of stuff, but I just want to give you a rundown of things that I have in my garage that I use on a consistent basis and that I think would be good for you guys out there. I don't get paid by any of these dudes um, none of these guys are saying, hey, talk about our stuff. These are just things that I've written down over time that I really like and that I have thought, um, you know, hey, if I was spending my hard-earned money out there, what would I buy? These things um, would be it. So if you guys have any questions, like I said, any ideas, or you guys want to talk to me about this list that I just wrapped off to you guys, you guys can hit me up at chris at keferinktesting.com. And you can say, hey, I disagree, Keith, or I agree. Or go buy the stuff, hit me back, and say, man, you're right. This stuff is awesome. I love it. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast. I will be back probably in a few days with another podcast soon with some more hard parts. And uh, what, what's cool about all these parts right here, you probably can buy them at RockyMountainATVMC.com. I'm going to work on getting a dang... Um, code for you guys so maybe we can work on getting some uh, discounts out there for you um, so stay tuned for that and thank you to Rocky Mountain ATV MC for doing and helping um, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. We'll be back soon have a good 4th of July weekend and see you later <laughs>